Welcome to the Coffee House Podcast. We're here to spill the tea on the latest happenings in the South Dakota medical cannabis industry. I am David, your co-host, and I'm here with Alyssa. We're here to provide a third-party, unaffiliated platform for discussion of the cannabis industry in South Dakota. We realize that a lot of people just don't have the information that they need in order to use cannabis properly or even find the information that they need to be a user. So this episode is going to be a little different from every other episode. In this episode, we are just going to kind of introduce the podcast itself, and we're going to discuss some news, some things that are going on, um, just some basic background information on the cannabis industry in South Dakota. And after this week, we will have guests every week from you know industry professionals, things like that, who want to come on and discuss the industry with us. Say as of I think this Monday we're almost at seven thousand uh, for the patient count. Um, we've seen a dramatic uptick, you know, in the last couple of months. Thankfully, uh, hopefully we can get above ten thousand, you know, before summer hits. But I think as the market grows, obviously the more the stigma will go away. I think more people just need to be aware of you know the medicinal benefits that it can give you. Yeah, I've been tracking the you know the growth right on like a chart, and the average is about two hundred new cards a week now, which I mean is good, but not great. I think right. that information is lacking, and that's really the crux of the problem. But I mean, if we've hit almost seven thousand, you know, in a year and a month, then you know, I mean, we should be able to double that by next year. I would hope. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, do you know how many practitioners we have at the moment? Or the number? 260 maybe? Google could tell us. I was gonna say, do you think it would be a lack of practitioners or maybe if we had more? There's 236. So, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's a lack of practitioners. It's a lack of access. I think it's just a lack of information in general. I know it's tough for a lot of people because they can't just go to their doctor. A lot of people's doctors don't have the ability to just write a medical marijuana recommendation for them. So then they have to go seek out a, a private doctor um, and then they pay, you know, whatever that doctor charges plus the state fees. And I know that can vary. I know once you get your card, uh, once you pay after the doctor's fee, I think you can either pay $20 for if you're low income or 75, I think regular if you don't meet the low income guidelines to be able to get your card. And then if you want to do home cultivation, it's another $20. So I do think money is a part of it as well. Um, I wish that, you know, that could have a little more leeway. Um, but I'm not quite sure what their reasonings for those prices are. But. I I would agree a thousand percent. Um, like you know, when people like so when they go to into a clinic, right? They have to pay a fee, and then when they leave that clinic, if that clinic doesn't inform them of like the next steps, the process, what they need to do next to get the card they're never gonna do it, right? right? So they're never gonna do the state information and mm -hmm. all of that stuff unless that clinic tells them. So, mm -hmm. you know, from leaving that clinic, if they tell them what to do, then they're gonna go to the state website and then, yeah, they have to pay $75 again. And then to renew your card yearly, you know, you have to go visit a doctor again, and then you have to pay the state again to get yep. a new card. <laughs> and, you know, the, the length of time that it takes for people to get the cards varies so much and it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> um you know i mean i don't think it should take 30 days for somebody to get their card in the mail i like, personally i don't know why the state doesn't do more like with like the local dmvs or something like that you know where they can print the cards 
same day or same week right. or something like that, you know? No, and kind of going on that point, I don't think, like, as happy as I am that cannabis is, you know, here and thriving, um, I think the state honestly kind of set it up a little bit for failure. Like, there's not that many people that are working in the industry. Like, as I know of, there's only one lady that does the, she issues all the cards in the entire state. So out of those 6,800 cards, she's responsible for actually folding them up and putting them in the envelope and sell, sending them out. Um, I don't think the state has enough resources or people willing to be a part of that to help make it a more seamless transition. I mean, I'm not saying we have to follow other states like to the T, but we have at least 22 other medical states that have done it their way, but we can you now see what's worked for them and uh, try to apply it to us. I just don't think we have the manpower in the state, unfortunately. There should be an in, like, office. Infrastructure. Of, right, We're exactly. We're missing like basic just infrastructure to get it done in general. Exactly. Like, and it's not it's not an easy process, like you said. Like you have to go, you have to find the doctor on your own because half the time, even if you do are an insured, you know, regular person, you go to your doctor, they probably don't know who, you know, so you have to find the website, which isn't really promoted very well either like either so you're gonna have to go on google do a bunch of google research to just find the south dakota state website and then you find the practitioners on there and then it, just to get an appointment with one of them could be you know it could cost you four or five hundred dollars and before you even pay the state um which is unfortunate yeah. and the state also kind of misleads patients i don't think it's intentional but so if you look up um you know how to get your card mm -hmm. and you look on the state website it gives you that step by step process thing right. you know well that's only after you've seen a practitioner right. and been certified right so like that's just the state stuff and it doesn't tell you what to do you know to get certified mm -hmm. so it's like the state leapfrogged you're missing a pretty key that, step. <laughs> yeah they leapfrogged the important part and then they went right to the oh this is how you pay us right right yeah. that kind of thing which i mean they're just making it very difficult by not providing information and resources. In my yeah, and that could be by design too. I mean, it could just be by the fact that maybe they didn't think that it would be as prominent as it is, or they would have as many people wanting to be um, medical patients. Uh, I, they definitely underestimated the amount of people who were gonna be you know, enrolling in the program. Um, like if you look back at um, like their initial projections, they thought after three years that there would only be 3,000 cards issued total. That's insane. So they're, I'm not exactly sure how they came up with those right. numbers initially, but they were way, way off. Well, if they would have stuck with the original guidelines or <laughs> um, ailments that you had like to be able to qualify on there, they might've only had that 3,000 mark, but Thankfully, I think, what was it, SB1? They just added a bunch of new ailments on there that you can have um, to be able to get your medical card. And it's not something, at first, I believe it was just chronic pain, which is extremely hard to you know prove or disprove. And then you had AIDS, um, chronic wasting disease, MS, Crohn's, and they've added a couple other ones like PTSD, yeah, PTSD which is really is a, important. That That's one's a huge a one. Huge one. Uh, yeah, I mean, coming from like the clinic background itself, PTSD was a huge one for us specifically because, you know, when you get an angry vet in your office, right, it's it's a little bit scary and anxious, right? right? Because everybody's told them no, mm -hmm. right? And then you have to tell them no also. And then 
you know, you don't know how that's going to go. It could erupt and it could, you know, be a right. bad situation. And I mean, like I've been in a couple situations where it was like, oh dear, like this is, this is not good. So I'm really, really glad that they finally added PTSD to that list. It it's was just unfortunate really that needed. it's, you know, proven to help obviously with a laundry list of things, um, even longer list than what they've currently added. But they did add a stipulation stating that they could continue to add more things, you know, as more research because i mean cannabis is still a fairly new thing especially it's very infant actually if you compare it to like to the tobacco industry or the alcohol industry there's so much more um time energy effort money and resources that's been poured into those things and they know like which makes it even worse because <laughs> they know so much more about those two things and they know that you know it it is worse honestly in a sense like there's things that you, you could abuse cannabis obviously but we're not here for the recreational aspect we're here for the medical aspect so it's different but I like to kind of think of it as like we're running a huge medical experiment on the population, right? <laughs> like that's essentially what we're doing is just running a medical experiment on the population because, yeah, exactly. It's been illegal for so long that we've missed out on years and years and years of research and development and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's really it's too bad. It's unfortunate that it needed to be like that. You know, I mean, even things like, you know, like psilocybin mushrooms, things like that mm -hmm. are coming on board as like legitimate alternatives for mental health, right? So I think that like this whole kind of holistic health revolution is going to really hopefully just kind of spark a lot right. more research and that kind of thing. Yeah, I can't wait to see where it takes us, honestly. Like it's made such a drastic change even in the last five years. Like even like my parents and grandparents and stuff are like oh yeah devil's lettuce and you know they look for down on it because that's what they've been told through like fear monger tactics and stuff like that and i think we're finally at the point where we know more about it and know enough about it to where that doesn't work as much it still works a little bit um but i think that's what that's based on pure ignorance more than anything else or they just don't want to know um i can't necessarily say pure ignorance but I feel like some people are just either don't know, don't care, or they're just like, well, I don't want to use, I don't believe in it, so I don't think the next person should do it. Um, when honestly, I just don't think that anybody should really care about what the next person does. So the process for qualifying for a card is ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's simple, but really, really difficult. Like as if you know how to do it or what you're doing, then it's super simple. But if you have no idea, then it's like somebody speaking a foreign language right. to you. You know, I mean, first you have to find, you know, provider, practitioner, somebody like that, you know, that'll certify you. You're going to have to make an appointment with them. You're going to have to pay them. You know, you're going to have to have one of the qualifying conditions. And you know, I guess we should probably rattle those off again yeah. for the audience. So initially, the qualifying conditions were cachexia, uh, severe debilitating pain, severe nausea, seizures, and severe and persistent muscle spasms, or MS. But recently, they've added AIDS, cancer, MS, Crohn's, and epilepsy. Along and, with the PTSD. Oh, yeah, and PTSD. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, as long as you have one of those conditions. And have that on your medical history. That has to be, that's a key part, too. You can't right. just go up and say, you know, oh, I have PTSD. I have nightmares or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, you do have to have, like, medical records that exactly. support your qualifying condition. Otherwise, that practitioner is not going to certify you. I mean, if they do... 
that's not good. <laughs> it's not something that they should do. Yeah, yeah, they should not be doing that. Um, yeah, they shouldn't be certifying you if you know you have nothing to back that up with. Right, we have um, a good thing going, so I don't think any any uh, missteps should be used or corners should be cut to you know get us to where we eventually absolutely. should be anyway. Um, but kind of touching off the first step of the pro like of the process is finding a practitioner. And honestly, with the laws that we have here, like nobody can, you know, they can't say, hey, we write recommendations for weed cards or we like dispensaries can't advertise, manufacturers can't advertise, growers can't advertise. Like but there's the good news is we can. <laughs> right. <laughs> so actually, I did. Put a list on our website um so if you go to thecoffeehouse.com uh there's a little button that says providers and the whole list is on there so yeah we're pretty much i guess maybe the only source that can kind of do that yeah. since I mean, we're not really affiliated with anybody free agents in the game you could say yeah definitely not affiliated with anybody um whether that be from manufacturing to dispensaries or, or anything along the lines definitely not doctors or anything either so we're kind of in the in the gray area when it comes to those sort of things. So, yeah, I think like the biggest thing that anybody's brought to my attention in this right is the whole like, advertising mm -hmm. thing, right? That's huge. But you know, like so on our website, right? You just make it say twenty one and over, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, because the state has a law against advertising to people under the age of twenty one, yep. right? Well disclaimers you know <laughs> disclaimers right. and you know like you can set the settings for that on every platform and I, I get the whole 21 plus thing i guess for a general aspect but you can be 18 and get a med card I, unfortunately you can't that's true. you can't have anything that's inhalable so like vaporizers or flour or anything like that it would have to be edibles tinctures and you would still obviously have to meet one of the qualifying conditions um but that is something that is available you just need to make sure that you follow the right steps and if you don't know, I mean, you could always, you know, reach out to us and we could help point you in the right direction. Because, um, that, again, that's that's what we're here for, you know, to provide that platform for everybody. But I think it's there's a lot of unknowns out there that we and even things like we don't know. We're not know alls. I know we're learning every day. Um, but what I do know is that we are extremely passionate in it and that, you know, we'll continue to strive to give people the information that they deserve and that they need, honestly. Right. Yeah, I think information 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 that's key 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 yeah absolutely after somebody runs through the process you know to get their certification from like a provider right and then they go online to the state website fill out all that stuff then the state has 15 days to you know approve or deny that person's card right and if that person logs back into that portal within the 15 days, it resets that clock. So it's super, super important that, in. yeah, that as soon as you complete your state stuff, don't log in again at all. Just wait for an email saying that you're approved or that there was an issue or whatever. Right. Because yeah, literally every time you log back in, it just resets that 15 days. And you know, if you mess up your mailing address or you know, if you live in an apartment or something like that, um, like the card will get returned to the state and you'll like be locked in this mailing so battle. So don't with be stoned them. when you're doing it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Do it with a clear mind. Clear mind. Don't be medicated. Right. <laughs> and so, then in the like so one thing I guess that we should probably maybe discuss a little bit is when you're going through that state, um, 
portal like situation where you're filling out all of the stuff, um, there's a section on there where it asks if you want to have a designated caregiver. Right. And I think a lot of people get really confused about what that means. And basically, that just means that somebody who can go to the dispensary and like pick up on your behalf. So, you know, if you're an elderly person and your son or daughter or somebody like that, you know, wants to go to the dispensary and pick up for you, then, you know, that's available as a resource. And that's maybe one of the things that I think the state got right. Right. <laughs> See, and more, I don't know too much about it because, I mean, I have experience, obviously, in the, on the dispensary aspect um, and then just the compliance side. But that was kind of probably like the one thing that the wording of it was a little hard to wiggle through. Um, I, I totally understood the whole part of like if you have somebody who has a debilitating condition where they, or they can't speak or can't see or whatever and they have a, a spouse or whoever wants to come and help them, um, always allowed them to come through and help them, especially if they have the caregiver card. But I think that the state needs to go through and make that more clear cut on who can and can't be a caregiver and who can and can't have a caregiver. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing too that is huge because if you, what if you don't have access to a caregiver um, or you don't know somebody that's willing to be a caregiver, there needs to be a program to where you can have people who are caregivers for multiple people um, right. or and or, and, or um, a, deli a delivery service. Like Oh yeah, a delivery service, absolutely. It's, it's huge, yeah. especially what, two weeks ago when we had that huge snowstorm, 17 inches, there was people, I guarantee you there are people that couldn't go out and get their medicine because they were stuck or they couldn't afford to shovel themselves out of the driveway because they're back pain or arthritis or whatever the case may be. Like it, yeah. every, every situation is treated as equal, but I, I think that's definitely two things that need to happen. I think there needs to be like a voluntary uh, caregiver program and then do the delivery service. I think that those are two huge things. Yeah, I, I agree. Right now, I mean, the caregiver thing, yeah, it's super kind of gray area. It's like they worded it in a very confusing way to, that people just are like, I don't know what that means. Probably you know, so right now, like, so each person can have one caregiver. So like, you know, like if you didn't have your card, right, you could be my caregiver. There's no like rule against that. Oh, okay. The only rule for a caregiver is that they can't be a felon. Oh, okay. But one caregiver can be a caregiver for up to five patients. Okay. I do know that. So like those are basically the only guidelines that they have. It's right now pretty, pretty so i guess there could be a voluntary program with the yeah i think that that's something that would be really beneficial absolutely especially to people in like nursing homes we should figure that. out what we need to do to help strive for the delivery aspect too so if Maybe anybody we knows can get DoorDash if we can pull, pull some strings let us know give us a shout because I, I think that that would be huge for a lot of people out there yeah i mean if you can order food and you can order whatever through postmates or uber or whatever DoorDash, you should you know come on it's, it's the same thing we need to be able to treat it as such. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Okay, so we're gonna just roll on over to the frequently asked questions <laughs> that are available on the state website and go through those. So one of the first questions on there is obviously how to access cannabis. Um, I think that we've pretty much gone through most of that. Get a card. Get a card. Yeah, go to the dispensary, purchase your, you know, cannabis, you know, make sure you purchase it from a dispensary, not a guy in a corner, that kind of thing. <laughs> and don't consume in the car. Oh yeah, don't consume in a car. <laughs> we have a good thing going, let's not ruin it. Like, it's treated the same. Yeah. You wanna, we want as patients for everybody to look at it the same as alcohol and everything, so let's treat it the same. Like you don't want, you're not, 
drinking a, a glass of whiskey while you're you know at a stoplight. So let's not roll a joint while you're at a stoplight either. So let's let's treat it the same. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Especially when they're still charging people with ingestion. Yeah. Like beware. Like that is still a thing. Like being charged with ingestion is a thing. Good old South Dakota. <laughs> Uh, okay. It's the next Let's see one. Here. Is there a yearly renewal fee? Yes, there is a yearly renewal fee. I it's the same amount, isn't it? Seventy five dollars. I was going to say, the is same. that would they have to see a doctor again? Would that be up uh, to the doctor's discretion? Yeah, they'd have to see a doctor again to get recertified, and then they would have to renew on the state website. So. I think most of the clinics do like a discounted rate yeah. for the recertification. Yeah, you want to find you a doctor that would actually but, help you out. Yeah, that. that's basically the crux of it. Um, and then let's see what type. Oh, this is a good one. What type of photo should I submit with my application? So this is after you've seen a doctor and been certified. This is when you're on the state website. And for your card. You know, for your card, because you do actually get like a state issued ID card, right? So it's just like a driver's license photo. So you want to, you know, take a photo using a white or neutral background with the shoulders up, um, no filters, no, you know, prettiness, no makeup. <laughs> you got it. It's got. Be like a wet, wet dog photo, you know. <laughs> I got rejected the first time actually because my shoulders weren't in it, so I just sent them like four more selfies. And I was like, <laughs> I hope one of these will work. <laughs> Let's see, I'll be able to. Well, you can apply for a card. Went over the caregivers a little bit already. Ooh, can I grow in my home? So, yeah, you need to pay. Um, the twenty dollars, twenty dollars, right? Home yeah, it's a twenty dollar fee for the home cultivation. They can grow four at a time, but two can only be flowering. Two right? flowering and two that are like seed seedlings. Okay. Um, and one thing with that too is like in the state website when you're um, so you you add that to your license when you're you know registering with the state, mm -hmm. right? And that in itself can like delay your card oh. by months. Do they have to prove? Like, yeah. Because I know I, I click no on it because I live in an apartment, so I'm not going to grow my apartment. My yeah. So they actually, so you like you have to. Um, I think I think I'm, I'm not 100, but I'm pretty sure it's what you need to do. You have to like draw them a diagram of your house, right? And then you need to basically circle the room that you're going to be growing in, and then also. Um, send them a photo of the lock on the door, I oh, believe. Be locked, yeah. yeah, I believe that that those sense. are the two things that you have to do. But if you don't do them just so or just right or whatever, like, Perfectly yeah, they'll with. delay it and it'll take forever. So like, I always just recommend to people that you skip it. Right. And then once you get your card, go back and add it because mm -hmm. it's twenty dollars. You your card. Yeah, then yeah. you've got your card, and you can still go pick up your cannabis and all that. And you don't know, have you can to do wait. That. It's good to know. Actually. Yeah, yeah, you can always go back and add that because you can always also go back and add a caregiver right. at any time too. And going back to my reason to, for not um, doing the home cultivation because my landlord, um, it's really important that you understand that like you having your medical card does not keep like it does not protect you in employment or housing. Um, that's if you live in a smoke-free property or a drug-free property, whatever, I would suggest um, talking to them if you want to be open and honest. I wouldn't just sit there and chief up in your house. It's probably not a good idea. You can't just say, oh, I have my, your medical card will keep you um, from getting in, in, in legal trouble as long as you're following the guidelines properly. Um, but when it comes to employment, especially with South Dakota being a right to fire or right to hire state, sorry. Um, <laughs> 
and, and with housing, you know, being private, it's it's something that you need you need to understand. You can't if you really want to be safe, um, own your own property or be on your own property. But if you are in a, a public area or apartment or even job site, whatever, your car, don't consume cannabis. Like yeah. just just be smart about it because it's not something that. It's going to end well for you. Your yeah. med card doesn't protect you. Yeah, your med card is not going to protect you from, you know, yeah. Getting like kicked out of your getting house. Getting kicked out or evicted or losing your job because your employer doesn't allow it. I mean, for the most part, I, I haven't really heard a lot of stories about employers not allowing it. The only thing that I've really heard is, um, like, a couple of maybe like warehouses, like people who yeah. operate forklifts and stuff like that, who yeah. are not really on board. Truck drivers are going to be a Yeah, and the CDL guys. like Anybody that has to deal with like Department of Transportation, heavy machinery, equipment, stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's really like the only thing that I've really come into contact with as, you know, you know, them having an issue with it. Right. I mean, for the most part, I think most employers are being pretty chill about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you definitely want to make sure that they're good with it. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's the last thing you want is, yeah, I'd be happy you got your med card, go home, smoke your first legally purchased pre-roll, and then you get an eviction notice you get a, on you your door. You get a door. sign on your door <laughs> saying that they could smell it down the hall or right. something. Outside. Yeah. Am oh. I allowed to consume cannabis in the car? How will medical professionals slash care providers and or law enforcement representatives be able to verify I hold a valid medical cannabis per permit. Oh, I read that earlier. Okay. Anyway, so what they say is the South Dakota Medical Cannabis Program has a statewide patient registry verification and licensing system to ensure that only verified patients and caregivers have access to medical cannabis. The patient verification system ensures that South Dakota law enforcement officials have the necessary tools to accurately identify medical cannabis patients slash caregivers they may encounter. So basically, they're saying that like if you get pulled over and you have you know your cannabis with you, you're leaving the dispensary, whatever. I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't forget your card if you were leaving the dispensary. So never mind on that. But you know if you have it with you so for some reason and you don't have your card on you, then like they can look it up to verify that you have it. So they something. hopefully won't take you to jail. Right. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered that too. Yeah. So um, they must have some sort of system where they can just type your name in and see. Another thing too that should be, this isn't based on this, but that it's a good question, um, is traveling with cannabis. Like let's say you buy, you're the state legal limit, you can buy three ounces of flour, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say I want to go to the Black Hills um, for a weekend, whatever, obviously not consuming in the car, but, you know, put it in the trunk. Does it have to be in the original dispensary packaging? Like, I know there's other laws or other states that specifically state that, but ours doesn't. So yeah. I wouldn't think that you would, but I, I know there's people, because I've been asked this question before, and I'm, I couldn't comfortably say, oh, yeah, you can definitely do this because it states that you won't get in trouble. Um, yeah, actually, hey, if there's any uh, law buffs, lawyers, anybody maybe who's dug into that law a little bit more and could let us know, because I also have been asked that multiple times, and I'm not entirely sure either. Because, I'm not good with legal jargon. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm actually not totally sure if, like, if the seal is broken, does that mean that you're in trouble? Like, I've, I have no right. idea also. Um, <clears throat> oh, and then... See. How does medical cannabis use impact a qualifying patient's employment, housing, parole status, child custody? The South Dakota Medical Cannabis Program cannot provide legal advice to qualifying patients as to the impact 
of medical cannabis use, qualifying patients or others with legal questions should consult their own legal counsel. Pretty much saying, not our problem. Yeah, basically. Um, um, parole officers are really I don't know, like the only ones who I think are treating it kind of like a get out of jail free card, in my opinion, I guess, because like, I've heard of a few incidences where, yeah, the person has had the card, but then, yeah, the officer like won't let them smoke still or you know they will request a letter from the doctor or the um, practitioner who um, certified that patient requesting you know information like what they were you know certified right. for what their condition was all of that stuff and i don't think that they realize that that's a violation of hipaa right. so if any practitioner is sending a parole officer a letter that says hi we certified so and so for this condition on this date blah 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 that's a huge violation of hipaa in I just I think that they really need to kind of maybe fine tune those guidelines a little right. bit. I feel like if you if you're on parole, you know, and it's not for like distribution or violent crime or something like that. Like if it's something petty, I mean, and, and you have a debilitating condition, uh, you would be able to get access to prescription pills. So I mean, what's the difference? That's true. Uh, it, it, especially if they actually need it. Like there's. There's a fine line and people really need to understand that the difference of people who want to get high recreationally and socially, whatever, and people who actually need this um, because it's it is life changing for a lot of people. And, and it, but there are obviously people that abuse it. Um, there, there are things that can be abused by it. I mean, people abuse sugar in their coffee and people abuse caffeine and nicotine and things like that. So that's always going to be there. But I think people really need to understand that the, the medical aspect of this is really, really key. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, this over opiates, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you can't even really compare Seriously, the though. two. They're so different, you know, and like cannabis, like the standard of living or like not standard, quality of living, right? right? That people, you know, like just it changes so dramatically for some people when they get their card and they start yep. consuming and especially for older people, you know, I mean, m most patients, I mean, are you know older people most See, of them yeah. are older people and it completely changes their quality of life you know completely my first i'd say yeah my first six months in the industry in the state was so eye-opening i mean just seeing first of all the average age of the patients was probably 55 65 older. like yeah. and that that's not exaggerating at all and my favorite thing though is just seeing the patient progress like and that was with the stuff that we had at the beginning like just flour and just a small selection of edibles no tinctures no rick simpson oil none of that so just imagine man the the progress that we're going to see across the board i mean there was literally somebody i remember the first day i opened at a dispensary she came in and in a wheelchair and her husband was pushing her and probably i think three four months later she was rolling herself in with a big old smile on her face and her husband wasn't even with her anymore grabbing her own door everything like and I'm not saying that that was the only thing, but I know that she had gotten, she was on, I think she said anywhere from like 10 to 15 different prescription pills. And she was, every time she came in, she was telling me, she, I'm, I'm down to 10, I'm down to eight, I'm down to seven. And just hearing that stuff is, is extremely heartwarming because I went through something like that. Like, I mean, I'm only 30 years old and I had a pretty crazy back surgery um, about two years ago and went in for my six week checkup, boom. And I had to have another emergency one because of the fusion that they had done had failed. Um, and I was on a lot of different stuff and it, it sucked. Like I had just had a kid at that time. So not being involved in my son's life um, as much as I'd like to be, 
it was hard. And, you know, getting off those pills and honestly working my way towards medical cannabis or treating it, like I've, I've consumed for a long time, um, but my view on it changed drastically when I got to that point. And yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an extreme advocate for it. I just think people need more information on it. They need to be, they need to hear it from non-biased people and they need to hear it from somebody who doesn't have a stake in the game. Like, right. oh, I want you to buy it because I own a dispensary or I don't want you to buy it because I, want, I own a jail and want you to go to jail for it. Like it's, <laughs> right. it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think that one thing that's really gonna help the stigma, right, is the fact that most of the patients are older, right? So that older generation obviously, you know, influences everybody. Right. It's a trickle down effect, right? So it's like, okay, if grandma's doing this, then, you know, it must be okay, right? right? You know, and, uh, you know, I think, yeah, it's been, a wild journey watching just like the different kinds of patients come in and things like that like I used to kind of joke and say that you know um, like we're saving marriages left and right you know <laughs> these older people who come in with their you know their husband like it would be like a husband getting certified right and then he comes in with his wife and while he's in there talking to the doctor she's like man, I don't know what we're going to do if this doesn't work because right. I'm just at my wit's end with right. him and blah, blah, you know, and it's just, it's like they've been married for 30 years and you, you know, but she's so fed up with him because he's in so much pain and all of that. And yeah, I think it's, it's great that, you know, it's finally here in yep. South Dakota that like we can finally offer them like some type of relief. Absolutely. Now imagine that same situation with being a parent with a kid that has like seizures and you can't have access to it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like there's so much room for research and all that. And yeah, and the first step obviously is legalization. So we're, you know, baby steps. <laughs> we're going to get there. Speaking of legalization. Okay. So yeah, we uh, had a, you know, I would say a, a failure of a, of a turnout um, this, this last midterm, I guess, with the... What was it I am twenty seven or M twenty seven? Yeah, I am twenty seven. Um, just there's a lot of people that just didn't vote, and I know a lot of people are going to tie that up to or chalk that up to. I know a lot of people didn't vote, and I know they're going to chalk it up to um, it being midterm versus you know presidential year. Um, but honestly, I think it a lot of it boils down to people feeling defeated um, from having it pass two years ago, two years prior to this last one, and. Um, the government overreach. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think that's part of it. Um, and I think the fact that there was no, like, the, the laws on it are so strict that, like, people can't speak on it. So you had all these commercials about how cannabis is bad for you and, and fight for the children and what I can't remember exactly what their, their uh, mantra was. But there was a bunch of different ads on TV and literally the only thing that we had positive for it was yard signs and t-shirts. Yeah, vote yes on 27. Exactly. That was it, that um, was it, yeah. We need more people talking about it and that goes back to like the-, the Well, I think part of that too is because, you know, like I am 27, right? like they can't necessarily advertise pro-cannabis anything because it's against the law. It. We need people to talk about it, yeah. not establishments. And yeah. That's why with the whole average patient age, like. I just wish people could freely talk about it and you didn't have to be a closet smoker. Like even with it being medically legal now, going back to the job thing, like you could be a doctor and it helps you tremendously. You could smoke responsibly at home only to help you know, get sleep. But if they drug test you at your job, you could be fired because you what you do at home. Like, and I don't think that that's fair. 
And it goes to the same thing with like being an advocate for it. Like if somebody's in a position of power to where people are gonna listen to them, they can't speak openly about cannabis because if they are, they'll probably be doxxed and nobody, I mean, they, they fear losing their job or sponsorships or whatever else mm-hmm. because of a naturally plant. occurring <laughs> plant. Like it's just crazy to me. I don't understand. Yeah. I hope it is gonna be on the ballot. Um, I, I think I think it'll definitely be on the ballot again. Like I think it's it's gonna be on the ballot every time yeah. until we get it passed. I don't like think at this up. point, I think that people are just like yeah, this last election, I think it was partially that you know, like it seems like hundred and fifty thousand less people turned out to vote. So like that was a little part of it, but then also just that deflated feeling and mm-hmm. then all of that constant bombardment of mm-hmm. like the anti marijuana movement, right? Yep. Just constant, constant, Striking constant. And I mean people. that's not gonna go away, but maybe people just needed like a a little break mm-hmm. and then maybe next next time around right yeah. then we'll hit it you know full force again i mean every time that it's failed right they've learned something new so right you and know, see that's i and i definitely want to go full force when it comes to this but i also don't want it to be deemed as like us pushing it on people like i, I don't want i don't want it to be like you need to get your med card or you need to smoke cannabis but blah 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 whatever because that's definitely not the case it's not for everybody mm-hmm. but there are people that it can and will benefit and they don't have access to it or it costs too much to get their card or whatever the case may be but if it just becomes you know decriminalized uh, across the board and you can't get in trouble for it and you have access to clean medicine i think that's honestly what matters most at the end of the day um i hope it goes through um there are some things that we need to do as as a community to get it to go through people need to talk more openly about it um and yeah, I think I, this is like a good first step absolutely. for that because we're not affiliated with anybody or anything like this is a completely third party thing, you know, like right. not influenced. Right. So I think having a platform where we can discuss all of this stuff and, you know, get other people's input and all of that is really going to be a huge benefit next right. time around huge benefit absolutely no i'm looking forward to seeing how this thing grows um this is definitely i mean i was extremely nervous coming in as i'm sure you guys could tell at the beginning of the episode um but you know this is something that i'm extremely passionate about and i know you're extremely passionate about it's something that i know a lot of people out there just need to hear um good information like the correct information and we don't know at all but we're willing to you know put in the work put in the research and listen to our peers and you know get the right information out there not be biased and you know just discuss what because this is still new like Mm -hmm. we don't know obviously other states have been legal for a while now but this is new to us and a lot of people have been to other states like recreational states and so they have high expectations of what south dakota cannabis should look like which is totally fine um we'll get there and I think I think so far we're doing pretty good, honestly. I think if you were to compare it's South been a Dakota, very slow six months, out. right? I think. But if you were to compare us, like what? However, the first dispensary opened. When did Unity Road open? Like uh, August. Yeah, I was gonna August. say late late summer. So even, not even a year yet. Um, we're almost at ten thousand, which is over double what they originally predicted for the entire population for the entire you know whole medical card program. Um, so I think we're doing good. I think the amount of products that we have out available now uh, could be comparable to other states, you know, not even a year down the road. And I think it helps that we have 
a lot of passionate people in the industry. We just need to keep those people in the in the positions of power and not for the the money. I think that's a huge thing. Is it needs to be done right by people who actually care that's, for the right reasons. That's that's true. I feel like almost everybody. Well, I guess everybody that I've come in contact with who works in the industry, right? Like this is their life. Mm -hmm. Literally, this is their whole life is also, cannabis yeah. and talking about cannabis and, you know, like what's going on with cannabis and all of mm -hmm. that, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it absolutely, it almost kind of just consumes you, you know, and I think that that's, it's no, really great. <laughs> it's great because then, you know, like, the people who are, you know, the industry people are like informed and they right. know what's going on, right? And they're, you know, they're on board with changes with, you know, this, that, you know, and I think it'll be really exciting to have, you know, different people on yeah. to provide their perspectives yep. and tell us, you know, like what they're doing, you know, and Absolutely. how we can help with that and things like that. Um. <clears throat> yeah, we'll highlight definitely uh, multiple POVs in the industry, whether it be from, you know, a patient's perspective, um, a dispensary's perspective, cultivator whatever uh, you know, so you'll definitely hear it all um, once we get through there but uh, yeah I'm just excited man I, I'm glad we finally decided to do this and I hope that everybody listening is as excited as we are or viewing um, but yeah I don't know let's just do this right and keep it going yeah and if you know if we give you any incorrect information or we mess up a fact or anything like that just let us know in the comments. I'm sure that you'll all tell us. So, you know, we'll be sure to like, you know, get you the right information if we, you know, don't know something. Yeah, this or is we, a community thing. Yeah, if we mess up with something, we'll be sure to, you know, throw in like a, oh, hey, actually, you know. We'll correct it on the next episode. Yeah, we'll correct <laughs> it. We'll make sure that we are providing legitimate, accurate information. Thank you. We're going to wrap up, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Coffeehouse Podcast. We had a great time. Um, episode one, uh, hopefully, you know, on to bigger and better things. And yeah, I'm David, your co-host. And you can go ahead and visit us online at thecoffeehouse.com. We have a practitioner list on there, dispensary list coming soon. Um, we'll be adding updates on there here and there. Um, all of our podcasts will be available on there. Um, you can either watch or uh, listen. We'll have the links all on the um, website. And you can be sure to like and share our Facebook and Instagram. Share, share, share. We need to get it out there. <laughs> yes. Be sure to like our Facebook page and our Instagram and be sure to share all of our posts to get the information out there. Other than that, thanks guys. Stay medicated. <laughs> <laughs>